0: Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Chris White, two-time NCAA Division II champion and current coach at University of St. Thomas.
1: And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as you know, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Uh, They have two different products, the Poolside Live and their Sideline Scout Box. I encourage you to use our link in our uh, Instagram bio check out what they have to offer. Obviously the poolside live basic package with video replay at a minimum is phenomenal. But then if you can upgrade to the box package, you will absolutely love it with the tagging of videos, tagging of athletes, figuring out how you can incorporate that with your season plan and assigning a par to each dive. Um, and um, it's, it's a phenomenal tool that I know Heath uses all the time and other coaches across the country. So Hit up sidelinescout.com for the best in the business.
2: Awesome. So jumping right in here, Chris, just kind of take us through your journey, um, how you started diving and where you are now and kind of how you got there.
0: All right. Sounds good. So uh, like many divers, I started at a very young age in gymnastics. So um, I did gymnastics from age four through 12 until I hit about a plateau and parents decided to take me out. The, uh, the gas prices got a little higher on that time. So they're like, well, we don't want to drive across town to, uh, to a sport that's not really going anywhere with. So I actually switched to a different sport, uh, rock climbing, which uh, coincidentally had the same parking lot as the gym I was going to. So uh, it was kind of funny that I uh, didn't really save on gas. But anyways, so I uh, did that for just a short stint with my sister. Uh, then in middle school, started up with track and field. Uh, did most jumping, pole vault, stuff like that. Uh, Then in eighth grade is when I actually started to dive. So um, yeah, eighth grade was a lot of fun. Um, I started with a lot of different coaches along the way. I wanted to shout out uh, Rich Ballard. He's actually a high school All-American Selection committee member. So uh, that was kind of interesting starting with him right away. Kind of old school diver. Uh, Greg Andrews, Uh, he's been in the sport for a while and then also um, i did a lot of high school type uh circuits so versus like the club route that a lot of people have been going through here so um but yeah uh the one club i did do going in uh high school was um dakota diving club that was run by greg rappy and also jeremiah jackson um great coaches, uh, big Minnesota names. So if you're from the area, you definitely know of them. I know Aaron does for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, throughout high school, took second at state, uh, messed up my 303B. Uh, I had a better takeoff than I ever had before at the state meets. And uh, that kind of cost me that right there. So uh, but anyways, I went to St. Cloud State after high school. Um, I was the type of diver who Kind of lived in the moment, I, really, I just did what was told, so um, I didn't really do any exploring on my own. So um, I'll kind of get into that a little bit later in my journey. but um, I went to St. Cloud State uh, to be coached by Tracy Torgeson, um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, so in college, I realized my t- potential um, not super early. I feel like I was a pretty good diver in high school, but I wasn't like great. So I wasn't really recruited that much. Um, I'll kind of talk about that later when we're talking about, you know, what schools I was looking at. Um, But I did, like, I feel like I exponentially grew in college, especially with my uh, teammate I had, uh, Luke Weber. So uh, he was also in the pod earlier, cool guy, Um, you know, one of the best people you can know. So before you go
1: further i would just wanted to say obviously people have probably connected the dots but chris white and i were teammates uh fun fact chris was my big husky so every time you're on a team like that you always have an older member that kind of shows you the ropes and chris was mine so i was pretty excited when we got to have him on the podcast here
0: yeah and thank you so much for inviting me um you know just I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later but um you know the, the whole reason i am where i am is actually mostly due with the podcast right now so uh it's kind of funny if you if you listen back you can kind of hear my journey a little bit from uh from the start of the podcast on so um but anyways it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool so thank you aaron in advance for that yeah um, no worries but anyways kind of getting back on uh, in, in college um, I kind of realized I, I might jump on this a little bit early on my my favorite failure, but uh, sophomore year, I realized that nationals that um, I was in the top six in the nation, and everyone in that top six at that year, um, were all in contention for the national championship. I didn't realize this until after the meet, um that if I would have actually thought things through and actually kind of focused on some little things, I could have won that year. I mean, I was, I was that close. So I didn't realize that was really a potential until that moment. And in particular, I didn't really focus on improving my reverses. I just kind of went with the flow and, you know, just, just kind of let it happen. So, um, but after that meet, I actually decided to learn. Um, I was doing 205, or sorry, 305C, and I just never really thought it through. Um, you know, I, I almost, I mean, I almost like, I would never score well, I would never score well, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, actually after that meet, I decided to learn 305B at the, at the national meets afterwards, realizing, wow, I was like, not many points away, maybe 20 points. If I would have actually done better, um, then I could actually do this. So, a uh, big realization there. So. At that moment, I realized, okay, let's go through and actually train through and make it make it actually happen and and increase the DD. Do the things that I actually need to do. Um, the the one thing that always went through my head was, uh, what would a national champion do? And I would start doing those things. So, national champion, he would probably learn a better dive than anyone else is doing. No one else is doing reverse turn up bike on uh, one meter. So, let's make it happen. So. I don't think I ever did reverse enough talk after that moment, which was, which was a pretty, pretty pivotal thing. It was pretty exciting. Um, big change. Uh, but yeah, after that um, was my junior year. Uh, in between there, I was also uh, just kind of side notes. I did two years of show diving out in Williamsburg, Virginia, so uh, if you remember back in the pod, you you interviewed Nate Jimmerson. Uh That was the year he was trying to learn uh, or he was trying to audition for Red Bull. And uh, so I got to be there at that at the same time he was there. And it was just incredible to watch that guy because he's he's just a madman. Absolutely cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, so going into junior year, I completely changed my mindset and actually tried to um, you know, understand how to make sure things happen, you know, goal plan, actually go through and say, um, okay, I need to do this because that's what a national champion would do. Um, I, I, I wasn't having that national man, or champion mind, mindset until I actually went through that, um, that experience. So um, every single thing I did in practice, outside of practice, you know, taking care of my body nutrition wise, doing, getting enough sleep, uh, staying on top of studies, everything, uh, was to make sure that I was I was all goal aligned for that one thing. So uh, whenever I got you know discouraged or um, scared of a dive or something, I would say, okay, what would a national champions uh, do? And I would I would do the thing, just make it happen. So um so yeah that year went great. Um, <laughs> well um, ended up winning both boards. It was it was a fantastic experience. Um and then uh, kind of going into senior year, I uh, decided, you know what, I want to go big. I did the reverse two and a half bike. I want to do a full two and a half off bike list on one meter. So uh, training trip that year, I was I was uh, going in expecting to solidify my full two and a half off bike list. Uh, day one, I happened to have a little mishap and uh, slip on the three meter, kind of fell on my back a little bit and uh ended up spraining my back. So um, I had a, a back injury that set me back half of season. Uh, by the end of the year at nationals, I ended up throwing my whole two and a half pike list on one meter. Uh, but it wasn't enough to train and compete it. So but it was a lot I just of fun. Gotta,
1: I gotta yeah. mention something too. There's a there's a I don't know if it still happens at Division II Nationals. I didn't notice it this year, but when we went through when the boys were done. If there was either an extra day or an extra hour, we would all just get on the board and do crazy things. And so this is where Chris comes in and he does, he competed reverse two and a half pike and then he did inward two and a half pike back two and a half pike. And at that point, nobody had ever seen those dives, especially at a division two level. So it was just one of those like, whoa, there's a lot more possible than we even imagined.
2: To to be honest though, Aaron, I almost wonder if that doesn't happen anymore because the teams just aren't as close as we all used to be. Like yeah. that was like the meet ended and everybody's like, we get to all have fun now. Like and we just yeah. screwed around and we all had had a blast that year in Alabama. I
1: think so, there were a couple yeah. reverse two and a half yep. twisters thrown. I mean, it yeah. was just Tyler Runston did like like back triple double tuck. I mean, it I was. Th- I think, I think
2: Justin tried reverse three and a half twister after that, after the meet was done. I like <laughs> what I remember at one point we tried to do a front one and a half over top of each other at the Alabama meet, like we <laughs> yeah. were trying to cross <laughs> yeah. in the air, but yeah. So anyway, sorry that's to right. derail you there, Chris.
0: Oh no, that that's fantastic. So yeah, I remember all of those and you know, how can you not build off of that energy with, um, with Luke switching his inward to inward three and a half during the yep. meets and, uh, I mean, it, it's just so fun, you know, we, we, and we, we'll talk on that whole like St. Clarion spirit. And, you know, as a, as a community, as a, as a diving cohort um, across the country, it's just fun to see and know that everyone around you there is is worth their butt offs to be there. And now it's uh, kind of show off a little bit. You know, yep. and we we yeah. just trained for that moment. That moment's over. Let's uh let's let all those things that we wanted to work on happen right there. And no better time than to be around good friends and and just
1: let it go. So for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I hope that continues.
1: I want to yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> so so what about that. after graduation <laughs> yep. there, Chris?
0: Yeah. So after graduation at St. Cloud, um, I went for economics and marketing. Um, and you know, it's, it's hard to get a career in diving. So I really wanted to focus on, um, you know, post-graduation plans. So, you know, got jobs, got internships, um, and wherever I was, I just tried to help out coaching. Um, so, uh, right away, I went down to Rochester, helped out with the Rochester Dive Club for a little bit and, um, it's changed a couple names. So I'll just refer to it as that for right now. Um, But then uh, I actually got offered a position over at MSU Mankato to be their grad assistant for diving. It was um, definitely a great opportunity. I I cannot highly recommend being a grad assistant diving coach highly enough. Um, It's a great opportunity to excel your career and be around diving for a little bit longer. So um, definitely want to shout out to them because it's a great program to do so. Um, a fantastic team to work with as well over there. So um, I had a blast coaching their divers for two years. Um, but yeah, after that, again, kind of went back into career mode, um, got another internship, moved, coached where I could. Um, I coached a lot of different high schools for like a season or two, just depending on where I was for like an internship or job at the time. I um, then uh, got a little bit less coaching and actually more into personal training and management. So um, if, if you know any personal trainers, anyone who works in a gym setting, you can tell that their schedule is a little bit uh, wonky. Um, people wanna be trained at times that they're not working. So that's usually the times that diving practices are usually helped too. So it's really hard to do the, the, you know, diving coaching alongside of that. So, but good news, COVID hit and uh, all the gyms got shut down. So um, that was actually a really great opportunity to get back into coaching. Uh, there's always a need for great coaches. And and um, so, um, again, got encouraged to coach a high school team. Um, and then around that time, the diving pod, and you guys happened. And um, Aaron strongly suggested to me uh, that I should reach out to saint thomas and apply for that job opening so um if you and like i said before if you if you re-listen to the diving podcast you can kind of see that jo- that journey of hey by the way there's a job open here hey i encourage my buddy to do this hey good news my buddy just took this job i was like <laughs> oh yeah that's me <laughs> I like, that, so so yeah this was just really cool to hear that whole progress uh actually i was i was re-listening to the whole pod and being like this is this is cool. I, I, I can see that journey happening. So it's a lot of fun. And that's where I am now. I'm, I'm at uh, University of St. Thomas. Uh, just so everyone knows that it's a brand new Division I program. They were Division Three and just uh, skipped ahead to Division One as an entire school. Um, and that was last year was the first year doing that. So and that's when I joined was the first year of Division One. Cool.
2: Awesome. So looking now, um, just back, I think Um, hearing that you were a a state runner up um, you know typically those are the kind of athletes that we would tend to see go division Um, one so can you walk our listeners through just a little bit of your recruiting process Um, did you look at division one schools why did you decide on saint cloud and uh, just let our listeners know a little bit about that process for you
0: yeah so i like i said i was was a little bit more like a go with the flow type of diver so i kind of just did what i was told and you know, put the work in, whatever the coach said, I'll do it. Um, So I didn't really do a lot of planning myself or kind of thinking into it. Um, So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to really explore different colleges. There was the two main ones I wanted to go to, just kind of sit close to home. Um, So I'm from Rochester, Minnesota. I went to Rochester, Mayo. And so the two biggest schools in Minnesota were the University of Minnesota and St. Cloud State University at the time uh, was the second largest. So it's like, okay, cool, two good schools. um, I'll look into both. So um, at that time, this was in 2009 is when I graduated. Um, It was a down year for coaches at the U of M. Jason Bauman, I believe left to work with USA Diving um, and Wimbo hadn't yet been announced as the new coach. So no recruiting really happened on that side. So it's like, okay, well, I don't even know if I'd have a spot on the team at the U of M, because I just, I don't even know who to contact. Um, and then St. Claude State, on the other hand, uh, we had Tracy calling me every day. Um, in high school, I had a lot of activities I was doing, you know, I was a part of band, I was part of, you know, all these extracurricular uh, curricular activities, I was in all these sports. And so I was really never home. And this is back when, uh, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone, you know, so you had to call me on my home phone to get a hold of me. And so she would leave all these voicemails. And um, it's just kind of a running joke that she would leave these messages just talking to our machine. She couldn't even get a hold of me. But um, but yeah, it was it was really fun to be heavily recruited by someone. Um, St. Cloud at the time had a really strong history of, you know, national, a really recent national champion, Nate Jemerson. And um, it was it was kind of an obvious decision of, you know, it's it's a little bit cheaper school to go to versus the U of M. Um, I was undecided at the time. So it was like, you know what? It's, it's a financial decision. It's kind of an obvious decision. They really want me there. Um, and then there was kind of some unknowns with the University of Minnesota. So um, after recruiting trip uh, over there with uh, Luke Weber, he was on the same recruiting trip as me and the actual state champion at the time too. Um, it was kind of a no brainer uh, Luke and I ended up going to St. Cloud State, so um, it was nice having a teammate going in there, and
1: uh, it was a it was a great decision. So that's awesome. So yeah. okay, you mentioned Luke Weber here. Uh, we mm-hmm. had him already on the podcast. My next one here, if you could recap your experience of the two NCAA titles, touching on what we call at St. Cloud the Dagger Dive. And Luke, I know you're listening. I apologize, buddy, that you have to relive this whole thing again, but let's hear it from Chris's side.
0: Oh, yeah, the dagger dive. Um, (laughs) So if if I were to like compare Luke and I as divers, we are extremely similar. I would say we're like the most even matchup you can get. Um, And just so everyone knows, I won one meter at first. So this is junior year. We were down in Mansfield, Texas. um, And I believe I was after Luke on the one meter. And so he had already gone. He, I just remember hitting nailing forward three and a half tuck for just, just crazy. That was the best I've ever seen him do it. Just drop it down and nothing. Um, And so, you know, he's throwing some big DD um, but I came in with a little bit more uh, voluntary score. So I, I was kind of up him a little bit to begin with and in going into finals. So uh, I come in, my final dive of the meet is, uh, 52, 33 D. So back one and a half, one and a half twists. uh, not the highest DD meets or DD dive in the meet by far. Um, but it's a dive that I could always rely on and, and drop it for a pretty decent score. So, um, I ended up just, just passing Luke by, oh, do you, do you have the stat on hand, by the way? I think it was like point six five or something like that
1: yeah it was something crazy it was it under a point such a small number so it was
0: under Ooh. a point i just edge him out by it was crazy so of course it's now called the dagger dive because dagger right into luke's heart um <laughs> <laughs> we put i mean like honestly we pretty much tied that meat um yeah and it was it was a, such an incredible feeling to actually be on top with your training buddy you know being one two in the nation um on on the one meter together was was absolutely fantastic um you know i i know i know it doesn't look like the, that way but i always i always feel like we tied that meet um even though you know i was kind of named champion he was named runner-up i i i still consider that we tied for, for lack of a better term i don't know how close that you could get and and not consider it a win so but anyway so that's that's kind of that dagger dive story sorry Luke love you guy
2: (laughs) so um so Chris I do have to ask this um because I think it's something we don't talk to our our uh guests a whole often a lot about you Mm -hmm. know would you mind touching on like what from your perspective what went on your senior year because I would tell you you know I think it's fair to say you were the prohibitive favorite Going into your senior year and and I don't know I've never really gotten the opportunity to speak with you a lot, um, but you know what went on that senior year, and maybe why you didn't get where you wanted to or if you did get where you wanted to because you were trying to push those bigger dives if that makes sense
0: yeah, yeah it, it was I was actually really happy with the results um I know with with not having like a defending championship, um, just so everyone knows i I did take top eight. My mm-hmm. senior year, I don't even remember what places I took. It was kind of a blur, uh, more because I was so like excited that my teammate Luke, who has been working his butt off alongside me the entire time, finally got his time and and winning a national championship himself. So, um, so I didn't really care what happened to me at that point. Um, and and so the big thing that I was working on that year was was really trying to create. A legacy of, I want to do a full two and a half pike list on the one meter. I, I know it's been done in the past. It was a long time ago, but it hadn't been done in recent history. So I, I wanted to um, be known to be pushing that one meter list, mm-hmm. um, especially at that division two level. And even at that time, division one level, they mm-hmm. those weren't, those weren't dives being done at division one. Those were all two and a half tuck lists on one meter. And so I was, I was beaten out uh, the, 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 DD for pretty much anyone in the nation at the moment. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to be competitive no matter where I was.
2: Yeah. 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 I, th- I think, um, uh, before you, before we go to the next question, I just think that's a great example of, you know, you, you hit a certain goal that you had or a certain milestone, and then you had to figure out how to set the next milestone and not just do the same thing again. So I think that that's a really great thing for our listeners to hear is you can't just say, well, I'm going to do the exact same thing over again, like I want to get better. So that's something really admirable that I don't think a lot of athletes would do. Um, So thanks for sharing with that. I know that might have been like kind of a tough question sometimes to ask. Um, You know, so when you were younger, who were the divers that you looked up to?
0: So I kind of mentioned it. um, (laughs) In high school, this is, you know, keep in mind, this is back in 2009. Um, I graduated high school. Um, I didn't have a cell phone until I think junior year and the cell phone I had was one of those little like track phones that you could literally just text or call so I was super disconnected I I, I always joked that I grew up Amish (laughs) so uh, we had dial-up internet so I really couldn't get any like videos there was really no I was was so disconnected so I just had to rely on what my coaches um, had for their experience and their knowledge so I was like, this is the best I got. Let's let's go with it. So uh, my role models in diving were really the great Minnesota divers at the time. You know, so uh, Mankato West Heights High School had a really strong team. They had three guys consistently making it into the top eight at state. They had Luke Weber, um, which you know about him, uh, Adam Starr and Kirby Maddox all on the same team. Um, I do want to give some shout outs to some of these guys because, you know, they're not always recognized enough. Um, Alex Stern, um, he won state and he also went on to dive at the UFM, U of M for a short stint. He had the absolute best reverse one and a half tuck I have ever seen in my life. It was legit tens. And this is in high school. I mean, this this was not high school scoring. This was actual scoring. He had the best reverse one-half I've ever seen. It was beautiful beautiful um so i just wanted to shout him out if he ever gets a chance to listen to this um and then also all the divers who also made the sport fun you know th- those are not usually the guys that uh that get recognition but you know we had justin bublitz i don't know aaron if you remember him he dove at oh, yeah w lacrosse super yep. fun guy you know he'd be the one who'd be doing um double side flips you know you do this kind of like cartwheel off the board and do all these flips to the side and it's just like that's not a legal dive but hey that's a ton of fun that's that's what makes the sport like fun for everyone so let's see more of that um and then also I had a teammate unfortunately he died at a very young age uh, he had some medical issues but he was one of those guys who was bored shorts or nothing and uh you know he made it a blast his name is Brent Jewell um but he died at in 2015 of uh I forgot what it was, but it was, it was super unfortunate, but he was just a bundle of fun. And, you know, those, those kind of people need to be recognized. So, uh, but yeah, but as far as like big name divers, um, in 2012, I definitely remember Laura Wilkinson, um, you know, will, like winning the Olympics. Um, what a an amazing story. Um, I mean, of course she was on the podcast and shared and everything, but like, she's absolutely incredible. So many things that you can learn from her. Um, of course, uh Dimitri Sutton. He's uh he's been around forever. Um, Chris Caldwell, Um, I mean, special connection because we share a name, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's it always fun to watch him. Um then I actually if you guys look in the little uh list here. I sent a video. Um I, I'm sure other people have watched it, but I've probably watched it more than anyone else. Um, it's this video of I think it's the 2004 Olympics, and they're doing voluntaries, but they're all voluntaries that um, scored tens. Like they were just perfect dives in slow motion. It's uh, what is it? Destination Perfection is what it's called. Super old YouTube video. If you open up that link, it's like grainy. Like I didn't realize how grainy it was until I rewatched it today. I was like, <laughs> oh wow, this this was this was rough. Um, but like all those athletes in that video were definitely uh, inspirational to me because I, I learned my reverses, my backs off of watching that video so many times doing visualization. So um, cool. that was pretty much it what
1: I had for video analysis at the time. So, yeah, we'll have yeah. to post that video up uh, just so people can watch it there, too. But yeah. uh, next one I have here for you, Chris, is if you have a preference and what your preference is coaching one meter or three meter.
0: I love that you put this question in here, Um, you know, usually we work with a lot more Minnesota divers or like high school level. So um, at that level, they're only doing one meter. So a lot of people don't have a ton of three meter experience coming into college. So um, um, I love using both. I love coaching both. I love using the three meter to help improve one meter, uh, because on a three meter you're able to get a lot more of that up and down drop type motion you know, you get that feeling of you can drop this die forever because you have to. You know, if you get enough height, so then you can eventually get that feeling to happen on the one meter and uh, and and so on. So you're just building. You're doing drills on one meter, to take it up to three. So um, and then eventually, we're what kind of what sparked my whole uh, two and a half pike list on one meter was. In my experience, once you figure out that you can complete most of your three meter dives off of a bad or very, very no takeoff, um, you could probably compete your one your three meter list on the one meter. So um, you, you you could probably complete it. It, won't, it probably won't look great, but you could do it. So why not give it a shot? Cool.
2: Yeah. So now kind of uh, some self-evaluation here. What are some areas of your coaching you feel are your strengths and your weaknesses, Chris?
0: Yeah. Um, I love this. Um, I, it, it reminded me of my, my coaching philosophy. So um, my, my philosophy as a coach is I am here to help my divers master the sport of diving. Okay? Um, what that does is it, it promotes a environment of learning, of understanding of how everything works. It, it promotes self-motivation, they really have to want it themselves. they have to be the ones who have to learn and master it um, uh, mostly because my experience i I had to learn everything from scratch you know I didn't have um like the elite coaches uh, guiding me along the way. I had to figure out okay what actually happens when the board pushes against you you know how does the body react? how does the board react? how does everything work so um, working through that myself, I, I feel like that's the best way to go about it. So, um, really, my weakness is I don't know everything, and I don't want to pretend like I I do know everything, you know. So I have to learn and continuous imp- improve. So that's really a strength that I get to learn alongside my divers, especially with the progression of the sport. We should always be learning. So, um, really, just kind of turns into a strength. Yeah. Then. Yeah, and then also um, other strengths I have. I feel like uh, since I have like that personal drink or training background, um, I do understand how the body works and um, periodization, how to program. So um, planning is a lot better for me. If it makes sense. Um, I like being able to draw from other areas, such as you know the, the strength conditioning coaches, working well with them, working with a trainer. Um, ahead of time. So we're preventing injuries and then also, um, to make sure that we're correcting posture and eliminating bad habits on the front end. So, uh, it doesn't hurt to understand how the body works in that side.
1: Cool. I love it, man. Um, so what would you tell a young diver aspiring to be great?
0: Yeah. So, um, after listening to the podcast, I, I, I I absolutely love this. I'm trying to think of ways to to reach more of an audience and and try to try to reach out to the younger divers who may not know that they could be great. You know, so I I didn't know I could be great when I was in high school. I I I didn't. You know, uh, taking second at state was uh, almost a surprise because you know going with the flow. So, uh, but for the people who may not even make it to the state meets. Um, I I highly recommend that they go for it, you know. Um, There's so many opportunities to be a part of this really great community that's, you know, if you you, you don't even know, Um, we've had, I've seen college divers walk on never doing the sport in their life and be pretty successful and they start in college. So they've got a way leg head up on them because they've already started in high school. So uh, why not try it? So really, I would say go for it. And the best thing that you can do for your coach is to be coachable and to believe in the process. Um, Don't be afraid to ask the questions, uh, to try to understand why. Why is so important. So um, let's do it. Let's go.
2: Now, what is your favorite part of being, or excuse me, about being at St. Thomas University?
0: You know, it's it's such a great opportunity to start fresh, um, since it is a brand new Division One program. Um, really, I, I've I've wanted to create an established long term program and build it up, and this is this is really my chance. So, um, especially with the four year waiting period, with the you know transitioning from Division Three to Division One, um, there's a whole lot less pressure in qualifying for zones or NCAA's. So it naturally allows us to focus on, you know, what matters, which is the basics. Um, also, it's an incredible chance to be around other people that love the sport and, uh, and to improve wherever we're at, not just at St. Thomas, but also in like the Summit League. Summit League is, is so fun. I love the coaches there already, even though I've just been here for a year alone. So.
1: It's really cool to hear you say that four-year waiting period is more of a positive uh, than a negative. You know, it's it's easy to say, oh, we can't compete for, you know, three more years at this point. That's such a bummer, but you're treating it as a positive. I feel like that's such a Tracy Torgerson taught thing because she used to get on me all the time, like, oh, I I I'm going short. I'm not going short. Or whatever it was on a certain dive, she'd be like, no, 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 don't say, don't say what you're not doing. Let's talk about what you're going to do. Let's talk about the positive way to spin everything. And I I totally see that in your answer as a Tracy taught thing. And it's, it's just really cool. love that. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, same thing. And just to expand on that, it's uh, I I get to do this, you know, Uh, I know it's been talked about in the pod already, but it's a, it's not what I don't get to do. It's, it's what I get to do in this, in the situation
1: that we're in. And it's, it's wonderful. Dude, it. that's so funny. I say that all the time to my divers. They're like, oh, I have reverses today. I'm like, no, you get to do reverses today. Mm-hmm. And they're so tired of me saying this. Um, all right, going back on track here though, what, what's the transition been like uh, to D1 from the school perspective, team perspective? How's that been?
0: You know, to, to be expected with, with any, uh, especially big change like this, Um, I would say it changes hard. Um, my best way to describe it at the moment is, you know, throw everything up in the air and try to arrange it into the right spot before it lands back down. Um, so just making do with, with what we can. Um, but overall it's been absolutely great. Um, you know, the same time that I started, we got a brand new strength conditioning, um, coach. Um, so they're trying to develop from the ground up a a brand new D one program on that side. Um, we have a new athletic trainer who is also really excited about doing all of this. And the the big thing is everyone has a growth D one mindset. Um, and so everyone's going in the same direction and it's, it's great. It's, it's fun to see that everyone's so ambitious and they show that, that they're caring about the success of our student athletes. So, um, but the uh the hard side of it, of course, is is the whole mindset side. Um, as far as athletes, uh, returning athletes go. Um, you know, going from a D- division three mindset, you know, they came to St. Thomas thinking that's a D3 program, then all of a sudden, hey, you're a D- one athlete now. Let's go. Uh it's a it's a pretty big culture change. So um they are absolute troopers. Everyone on the team is is wonderful. Um, so no one really knew what to expect. And, you know, it's, it's exciting, you know, um, especially last year being the first year. It's a big learning year and just experiencing the process, going with the flow. Um, now that we know what to expect, we can we can grow from there. So um, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely exciting to see how much excitement is on campus with the whole d one switch. It's really cool. That's awesome.
2: Um, outside of the pool, what do you enjoy doing?
0: Yeah. Um, it's nice. So diving isn't the only thing I, I do. Uh, it is part time for me. Um, I do have a full time job um, doing, it's not necessarily personal training. I do run like a personal training type studio um, called F45 Training. That's You've probably seen it around the country. It's kind of everywhere in, around the world too. Uh, but yeah, I run one of those studios and um, it's it's great. The flexibility that they gave me to be able to coach diving at the same time is is wonderful, so big shout out to them for actually giving me a good work-life balance. It's great. Um, and then outside of that, uh, my wife, uh, who's a former swimmer from Saint Cloud State as well, and also an All-American. Uh, we like to travel. We like to go hiking, uh, like hiking the big national parks, and that. Um, we also like uh, trying new foods, and you know, just just that kind of adventure type stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's what that's kind of what I like to do. Just hang out all with right me. i gotta know
1: chris what's your favorite music to listen to
0: oh yeah i saw i saw this question i was like you know i i know aaron knows i am also a fan of the edm when it comes down yes. to so um yes i agree with you aaron edm is fantastic for training um but outside of that i really like to listen to anything like country
1: oh um. dude you got come on you're from minnesota you got to get a little country going you know occasionally i'm the one you can't live without oh that was rough this is on air isn't it it is that, that was beautiful that was full beautiful. send everybody's gonna know i can't sing now but we love country too come on man you got to join the crew you know okay i i do have to admit i don't know if i've ever told you this but um
0: during nationals uh junior year when you know the, the the year i won i had a song stuck in my head the yes. entire time and it was a
1: country song
0: it was country it was country so i guess country music helped me win
1: how about i that? gotta say they just they just tell the best stories and most of the time they have good voices unlike mine that y'all just heard <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh don't quit
1: don't quit your day job yeah you're, you're good at what you do
0: that's fair, All right. <laughs> um, but but since we are talking about music, um, it's it's not a well-known thing, so I did want to bring it up since we are trying to improve um, the sports. Um, I was introduced to something called binaural beats. Um, it's actually just kind of rhythmic music. Um, it's hard to describe. If you just google it binaural beats, um, they are actually help to help your brain focus on the task at hand so there's actually some uh, that will help you focus and there's also some that will help you sleep Um, we've actually used it with certain athletes for um, mental skills training um, to help them focus a little bit more either in their training or to help them sleep Um, but um, I just figured that's that's a nice one it's one of my favorites just because it has so many benefits for my
1: athletes that's cool I'm gonna have to look that up Um... So we're gonna get into our signature questions. I ask everybody what their favorite failure is or best opportunity for growth. You know, obviously we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. You're either winning or you're learning. So, in that sense, what would you say that is for you, Chris?
0: Uh, by far, uh, that sophomore year when I realized, you know, if I really focused on my reverses, then I, I actually could have won that year. So um, that really made the switch between just going uh, with the flow to really planning out success and and making it happen. So um, and that's really guided my whole, you know, diving career, coaching career is we, we should be smart about how we train. We should understand what we're doing in practice has a huge effect um, throughout the rest of the season and the rest of your life. So um, that by far is my favorite failure
1: cool. right there. That's awesome. And then next here is what can the NCAA do to improve? There's always room for improvement.
0: Um, I really like what's happening right now as far as the diving team event. So um, it's being exhibitioned, it sounds like almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not familiar with the topic, it's um, um, a team of three divers from the same team competing a six dive list uh, between both one meter and three meter. So six dives total between a team and, um, the, the team completes that list. And it's, it's wonderful. It's another, it's another event that could potentially score points for the team, uh, which is very positive as, as it goes for like a head swimming and diving coach. They love seeing points. So that's great. Um, it gives more opportunities for more divers to be, um, I mean, influential in the in the sway of uh, how the team goes so uh, it, I just like anything that helps improve opportunity for more people so um, I absolutely love that that's happening and being exhibitions so um, anything we can do to help that be successful would be awesome um, some things on on my end um, for that would be making sure that we can run that event um, at the moment there's not quite way to run it on let's say like dive meets um so just making that a little bit easier to um run as far as logistics goes would definitely help that be more successful
2: yeah so now moving forward chris what is your favorite drill to do or have your athletes do
0: it's not my favorite drill but i know aaron expects me to say it Um, they're called (laughs) trancers or as aaron calls them chris whites Um, (laughs) So this is, it's a board work drill uh, where you're continuously going back and forth doing a hurdle at the end of the board. Uh, it's more of an oscillating drill and it's all, all focusing on getting the toe point off the board and softly putting the foot all the way back on the board. It's uh, It makes sense once you see it happening, but you're just continuously picking up your foot softly and putting it back on the board and it gets that nice rhythm going. So, um, once you get that rhythm down, it just looks like you're kind of prancing in place and, uh, hence prancers or as Aaron likes to call it, Chris whites.
1: Well, you were the only one who could do them well. And so (laughs) we just called them that because none of us could do it. (laughs) Uh, it, it takes time. It
0: takes time. So, but my actual favorite drill, um, putting the board back on nine, working all sorts of board work, and then also doing all standing dives. So uh, standing, forward dive, tuck pike, uh, reverse dive, tuck pike, back dive, tuck pike, standing on nine. Um, even better, if you can keep the arms up for it, eliminating that arm circle, really feeling that push through the board. Um, those are those are some of my absolute fav- favorites. Um, expanding on that, I'm also putting in all 03s or all one and a halves on both boards standing on nine. So um, those are fantastic for working on all those different skills. Um, then as, as that's as far as board work goes, my favorite dry land drill, um, I like, I like to call it uh, imagery warmups. It's kind of combining some uh, mental skills training along with uh, dry land skill. So um also known as like movements with a purpose. So whenever you're going and doing anything, let's say like a V up or um, slow motion approaches, you're trying to put yourself in the moment of the dive that you're using that exact skill. You know, you're doing a reverse dive pike. You are going to be laying on the mat and you're gonna drive those legs up nice and straight, making a nice snapping pike motion like you would in that reverse dive pike. You know, um, trying to make that connection as best as possible. Of course, a reverse dive is going to feel different than like a reverse one and a half or a reverse two and a half. Uh, so, trying to do the different power levels and, and all the different snapping motions you need to make that pike up feel like the certain dive. So, um, trying to make every motion that we do on dry lands feel like something you're going to do on the boards.
2: Right. Awesome. So next is, uh, best advice given or received.
0: Um, well, since I had so many different coaches throughout my career, um, I eventually found out that, you know, everyone has something to teach you or everyone has something cont- to contribute. They're probably going to say the same thing, but differently. So you might as well learn something from everyone. So, um, you know, this, this podcast is a great example of that. Everyone's been saying the same thing, but in just so many different ways. So yeah. uh, it's absolutely great. Um, also, I've also, I've struggled with perfectionism throughout like my whole life. Um, so the quote that really helped me with that is, done is better than perfect. Um, it's it, Procrastination goes hand in hand with, with uh, perfectionism. So really just trying to get something done um, and then perfecting it later is always, it has helped me actually accomplish a lot of things. So, um, I do like that one. Um, let's kind of skip that last part there.
2: All right. So, and then who would you like to hear us interview next?
0: Uh, as you guys can see, I have a huge list of people. <laughs> I was just doing some brainstorming of, uh, who would be interesting to hear, um, but I'll just kind of list them off here. So um, the University of Green Bay coach, University of Wisconsin Green Bay, uh, Thomas Stover, he has been in the industry for a long time. He's a great guy, interesting guy. Um, I think he'd be great to be on. Um, then I was trying to think of like unique people to hear. Uh, Dana Kunzi. he runs Water Show Productions. Uh, he is who I did my diving shows through um he had a world record high dive which was 172 feet ridiculous uh there are youtube videos of it it's just crazy i think he does like a gainer triple off that height. it's just crazy but um he would be a wonderful guy to interview super nice guy too um katie ederman another u of m or uh minnesota neighbor wow native um she's a u of m alumni but she also does like cirque soleil i believe she was at the house of and waters at the same time with jimerson yep.
1: yep um then i also, actually know i know katie fairly well i mean we went to a couple diving camps together and you know we were the same age graduated she went to brainerd high school i i, I know the ederman's fairly well i have to reach out that'd be a good one i'd like that
0: Yeah, she just has so many different areas of diving she's been a part of. I I think she'd have a great unique perspective of things. So Um, then also Jeremiah Jackson, um, he's kind of Minnesota royalty when it comes down to diving. So um, running a lots of clubs and being a part of of many different things in the area. Uh, He's currently the uh, University of Wisconsin lacrosse diving coach. So another division two school. Then, of course, Wimbo. I'd love to hear Wimbo. Um, He's a cool guy. Um, You guys are doing a great job of of getting a big variety of people, but um, I absolutely love hearing the international diving coaches, um, international athletes, um, just kind of stretching here. It'd be sweet to hear from like strength and conditioning coaches from Olympic training teams. That'd be cool, especially to get their Um, perspective on periodization, on how to support that long season too, Um, or any other supporting role like a nutritionist. Um, We've already got some sports psychologists, which is awesome, Um, but that kind of, those would be cool to hear. Um, Sheila Bodaya, a parent of a very high performing diver. I think she would have a lot of cool things to say. Mm -hmm. Also with her involvement with uh, divemeets.com, I think she would be a cool interview. That'd be Um, fun. And then I just had three more. I know, such a big list. Um, (laughs) Hanos Mahari, uh, he's the diving coach over at MSU Mankato currently, uh, Division II school. Um, He's got a lot of girls on his team, so um, he's he's developed a pretty sweet program, sending a lot of people over to nationals. Um, Amar Hassan. The current Division II record holder, um, he beat out both Heath and I. So he's a, he's a really cool guy. Sure. I got that opportunity to talk to him a lot last year at conference. So uh, he'd be pretty cool. Uh, Pay Lynn, she, is, she just took the coaching job over at Cal. Um, she's had an amazing diving career. And now she's kind of a newer coach. Um, had some time over at Ohio, uh, briefly over at South Dakota, and now over at Cal um she'd be a great person to talk to as well.
2: Awesome. And then uh I just heard this question asked on another podcast. We're going to test it out and see what people think of it. Um it's from Dr. Rob Bell who I just heard and we'll we'll touch base on the PDCA symposium they just had, but he asked the question he said, "What's the question we aren't asking that we should be?"
0: I love that. I love that. So, um I think we should have some more like panels Um I think having a couple people on at the same time going over specific topics. Um so could be periodization, could be drills, um, like the seven steps. That'd be that'd be awesome. Um, mental skills, team building, uh program development, just brainstorming any other idea. Uh be it'd be great to hear some uh great minds just talking topics. Um And then I'd also like to see a little more focus on, um, I just couldn't think, just for a lack of a better term, like non-elite divers. How how do we get more of those non-elite divers involved? Um, How can we encourage athletes to start or continue into the next steps of the sport? So uh, for example, like high school divers who never considered diving in college or college divers going on to coach a high school, a club, or competing at Masters. Um, How can we improve that?
2: Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, So before we head out, um, you know, always first and foremost, thank you, Chris, so much for joining us. It's been a long time since I've got to talk to you. So this was kind of just really nice. Like it's nice anytime we get to get back together and just chat. Um, So thank you for joining us. Um, And then just the last thing for me will be um just a big shout out to Cliff and the PDCA the Professional Dive Coaches Association. They just ran a symposium this weekend um and the the ones the sessions that I was able to attend were amazing. Like truly remarkable, amazing job they're doing over there. Um we're going to work to try to get Cliff on so he can kind of talk a little bit more about that, but Really looking forward to what they're going to have coming next. And um, if you're not a member, you really should get over there and check it out, whether you're a high school coach, a college coach, a club coach, um, get over and check it out. So um, but once again, thank you so much, Chris.
0: Yeah, and I believe that symposium is going to be up there for another month, all the recordings. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep. that's exciting. That's good stuff. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Again, T-shirts and hoodies for sale at divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter DivePod at checkout. That gets me paying for your shipping. Uh, Chris, this was a fun one. Always nice to see you and talk to you and relive the glory days a little bit. Um, so I appreciate it, man.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. You guys are awesome.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll see you
0: next time.